What is up, Clarity Compressed Podcast people? Before the podcast begins, I want to let you know we are doing a first-of-its-kind LinkedIn Live event Wednesday, April 1st, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. It's the Automotive State of the Union. We're getting A-list speakers, dealers, thought leaders to get insights from what's going on in the auto industry across the country in real time. We're going to have live interactive polls. We're going to have live Q&A. We have guests from across the spectrum. We have major companies promoting and uh, partnering with us to get the word out about this event. I hope the whole industry shows up and we break LinkedIn Live. That might actually happen. So if you can be there, if you're in the automotive industry, the Automotive State of the Union, you can go to automotivestateoftheunion.com, automotivestateoftheunion.com to register or just go on LinkedIn, connect with me, follow me, Paul J. Daly. I hope to see you there. Because when dealers band together, no crisis can win. Welcome to episode 111 of the Clarity Compressed Podcast. My name is Paul J. Daly, and today we're going to talk about the fact that nobody realizes that they're living in a straw house until the world's on fire. We're making our way through the fog of life, and Clarity is understanding where we are on the map. You are here. (laughs) Let the good times roll. This is Clarity Compressed. Today's moment of clarity is if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of anybody else. Everybody's working really hard, doubling down, especially working from home. And it's easy to get out of the mental health state where you get overwhelmed, you get exhausted, And if you don't do things to take care of yourself in this time, try to stick to routines, find yourself um, mental breaks, mental releases, then guess what? You can't take care of anyone else who's depending on you. I'm preaching to myself right now because I've been running hard. So moment of clarity, if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of anybody else. I'm so excited for what he's going to show me. Hurry up and show me Paul's pick. Okay, Paul's pick for this week is the home office everyone has one now and i don't have a home office but now i do because i have to work from home and i have i brought this desk from work so i could write on it as you can see i like to write on my desk i brought some books because i love books and i thought i would have extra time to read actually these days i'm doing twice as much work to get half as much done because everything's remote i'm sure you can understand but regardless everyone's got a home office my pick is making your home office something that's comfortable for you to get stuff done. So that's my pick for this week, the home office. So I'm going to say the same thing everybody else says. This is an unprecedented situation. It's been a crazy week. And now when I record the podcast, like the time between me recording the last one and this one, I'm done trying to figure out what it's actually going to be like next week. First of all, I hope you are well. I hope that your family is good. I hope that everybody is healthy. Um, This is a time that we are all consumed with fear or at least uncertainty at best. Um, I'm working from home like so many of you, as you can see. If you're watching, the background is different. I'm in my basement. Um, set up. I brought a desk from work. I brought my mic. I brought my camera, my lights, so I can feel a little bit normal. Um, I also brought some books. 
uh, sit on my desk thinking strangely that I'd have time to read them, have time to read, you know, the, the most recent issue of Fast Company. Um, I didn't. I don't have time to read those. Uh, maybe like many of you, I'm realizing that working from home and working remote with my whole team and trying to run my business and keep track of tab- the tabs and what's going on, I'm actually like three times as busy as I typically am. And, or at least I feel that way. I am constantly on a Zoom call. I'm constantly on a phone call. I'm constantly on Slack checking in with the team because communication takes a lot of work when there's no quick face-to-face conversations and one-offs. And so I know a lot of you are dealing with those same situations. So I can just say, uh, I can understand A lot of people have kids at home right now. They're working at home with their kids at home, which if you would have told us that that was actually possible just 60 days ago, we would have told you you were crazy. And here we are. We're making it. We're making it through. Why? Because human beings are resilient. And so I just want to take a minute at the beginning of the podcast to say, like, we're going to be okay. We are going to get through it and you know, we've probably gotten through a lot of things this week that 60 days ago, we would have told you that that will never work. Well, guess what? We're making it work. So the topic of today's podcast, I thought would be appropriately, it's a phrase I've just started using um, throughout the course of the last five days. And it's basically this. Most people don't realize that they're living in a straw house, a house made of straw until the rest of the world is on fire. And I've been using that phrase because it, the realization that happens, the realization that happens very quickly when things start to fall apart, that you realize your vulnerability. And it really is a phrase that I, I hope highlights some, you know, vulnerabilities that, you know, we were a little bit overconfident of going into this. All of a sudden, the things that you thought were, you could count on, even, you know, think way back two weeks ago when they canceled the NBA, right? Oh my gosh, like they canceled the NBA. Can you even do that? Can you cancel? They just canceled the Olympics. Can you even cancel the Olympics? Apparently you can. And the fact that in an immediate standpoint, we realize, you know what? We thought we were living in a fortress, but we were overconfident. We're actually living in a straw house and here comes a fire. And you realize that the house can go up really quickly. I want to apply that phrase for a second to something that's near and dear to my heart. Um, to uh, the industry that I I play in most, that my business is in, we're a a creative marketing agency. I've been talking about it for a long time, and we could go back through the last two years of episodes talking about how a brand-first approach and how approaching marketing with a brand-first mentality is actually uh, an antidote or at least a vaccine or at least um, a weapon against recession. Because when you're selling on price and payment only, and you're only selling on, here's the product that costs this much, do you want to buy it? When that's all you do, we realize now that that's actually a straw house. Now, the truth of this situation is proving all that stuff about brand-first marketing and doing the work. It's proving it all to be true. Because all of a sudden, you can't sell price product, especially in an environment where people are hurting, some people are dying, it actually comes across as opportunistic and greedy. And what happens when all of a sudden, well, well, I'll, what happens when you realize I can't sell? What do you have now? You go through, you know, you go through 
uh, the best advice that marketers are giving. You're saying, hey, right now is the time to talk about brand. Yep. Right now is the best time to talk about who you are. Yep. And what do you do if you're a business or you're an organization that has done nothing over the past years but make sales content? You have nothing to talk about. You have nothing to run. You can't. You don't have anything to run. And you have to start the machine now in a time when everybody's trying to start the machine. And the companies that have spent a lot of time doing brand content and telling the story, they have all kinds of stuff to talk about right now. And they have a machine that can generate that type of content now. Think, let's pivot and talk about traditional media for a second. I have never, ever, ever seen such a wholesale disregard for a certain type of ad spend as I have witnessed over the last seven days in traditional media. And mark my words, this is the seismic correction that has been coming for a long time. It is never, ever, ever going to go back to the way it was. In the automotive industry alone, I I say people only believe what they do, the things they actually do. And also you could tag along and say people only believe the things they put their money behind or are willing to spend money on. And the second, the second this pandemic started and businesses started to have to shut down, especially in automotive, they like wholesale just decapitated their traditional spends. I don't mean let's reduce it. I mean, let's just drop it to zero, but let's keep digital. And I've heard that over and over and over again. And why is that? Well, that's because dealers understand, ah, maybe that was a luxury. That wasn't a necessity. And maybe it doesn't have value like I thought it did. And now that it's been cut to the ground, watch what happens when the market starts to loosen up and the faucet starts to open and business starts to slow. Watch how slowly and pensively people start to ratchet up the traditional ad spend which frankly puts me and my agency in the best place because we always say like you market brand and you market where you can measure. And now when there was a hundred thousand dollar a month ad budget, it's like, okay, yeah, we can spend a lot on traditional. We can spend a lot on the nice to haves, but now that that budget is going to be like 35,000 going back I have a pretty sneaking suspicion they might be like, "Mm, let's see what the brand first digital marketers can do with that 35 before I drop it on placements throughout the day that people are going to watch in diners and when they're on the treadmill and when they're sitting in the doctor's offices. Now, I'm not saying it, it like everything works, all marketing works, but at what cost? So I think traditional media is actually going to go through a major, major price correction. And at some point, It's going to become affordable and make sense to spend money there. And that is how markets correct. So that house was built of straw. The world got set on fire and we just realized like, oh, yeah, this house is built on straw. I'm out of here. And that's kind of how the cookie's crumbling right now in marketing. Other areas were realizing the house was built on straw. A lot of that comes in terms of what our predisposition of what work looks like or the work environment looks like or what we could actually get done. Let me give you a personal example. I am a staunch supporter of working together in person in the same building because of the synergy that just happens, the human element that just is able to 
thrive and grow, the human connection that easily happens, the speed of communication when I can not only hear you, but I can also see your body language and I can kind of navigate the situation that way. I'm still a big fan of that. That's how congruent is going to operate forever, right? We're going to have a location. We're going to come there. We're going to make things together. We're going to meet with clients. We're going to care for one another. However, I learned that that kind of principle, this is the only way it can be done. The world's on fire. And I realized like that resolve that I had was actually kind of a straw house because the situation just lit it on fire because here we are two weeks in working remote and our team is connected and we're getting work done. Lots of challenges and lots of speed bumps, but we're doing it. Now I realize what's actually possible. Client meetings. I had all kinds of flights booked to go here and here and here and here to meet with clients. And guess what? I've had really great client meetings virtually. So again, another norm that was accepted that just got lit on fire. And I realized like, oh, you know what? My old school resolve or my those convictions maybe could be a little bit flexible and fill in the blank. We are all dealing with those in our lives uh, from parenting to marriage to workplace to client meetings to sales meetings to budgets. It's all happening and it's all happening so, so fast. So as we move through this next week, as you move through this next week, pay attention to the things that are lit on fire, the things that you thought were a safe, solid, concrete fortress that you now realize, I think they were a straw house and they're about to go up in flames. I think these types of realizations will inform us as we go forward and maybe help us to not be so overconfident or not be so definitive on what the absolute right way is. is. Maybe we'll be a little more open-minded. Maybe we'll be a little wiser. Maybe we'll be a little more flexible, slower to respond, a little more caring, a little more uh, operate with a little more foresight in a way that's going to help us grow better families, better relationships, grow better businesses, more efficient businesses, provide for more people. And in the end, um, I think just be better people. Recalibration is good. This correction is good for so many reasons. This COVID-19 pandemic we're in the middle of, this restructuring of the work life, restructuring of how we view um, even interactions like handshakes and hugs and going out in public and being with other people. It's not only bringing a market correction. It's not only bringing um, an advertising correction. It's bringing a social correction. And I think we're way overdue for one. And in a time where politics is starting to ramp up the election season and all the stuff that we were just going all in, it was part of the 24-hour news cycle just a few weeks ago. Guess what? I think there's a little bit more care and civility in all of our hearts. And I think every handshake is going to mean more. Every hug is going to mean more. Seeing someone face-to-face in the morning is going to mean more. And I think that is a very very, very good thing. So I hope that you take that and consider that this week. I hope you stick with it. I hope you stick together, stick with me, stick with this community and we're going to get through and we're going to be talking about this in just a few weeks from now, looking back on this and realizing, you know what? We're going to be, we were okay. We just didn't realize it yet. So that's it. I want to talk about a couple things though. Um, that's the end of that that part of the podcast. So I'm doing a couple interesting things right now. Number one, you've probably noticed if you subscribe to this podcast, and if you don't subscribe, 
please subscribe. Also, sign up for the email at claritycompressed.com. Sign up for the email list. We'll send you one email a week. It's going to include, you know, the podcast when it launches, but it's also going to include a digest of either content that's been put out this week by me or articles that I found that I found interesting that uh, I think that will help, you know, you get through this time or just get through in general and just have like my perspective on uh, some things. There'll be some fun things, some informative things. And, you know, like every great email, you don't read everything, but you can kind of scroll and pick and choose what might be interesting to you that week. So you can sign up for that at claritycompressed.com. Also, first time I'm announcing it, um, but by the time this podcast released, um, we'll only be one day away. We decided to put on a massive live event on LinkedIn on Wednesday, April 1st. Um, Time is to be determined, probably going to start at 10 or 11 a.m. Eastern. So Wednesday, April 1st, it is the Automotive State of the Union. We're going to bring in A-list speakers from across the country and hold a massive live event for automotive because at the end of the day, when dealers band together, there is no crisis that is too big. The bottom line, auto dealers are one of the most resilient groups of entrepreneurs I've ever met. They eat unprecedented for breakfast. They always deal with unprecedented and they always band together and come out. So I have the advantage of talking with dealers all over the country. I want to give everyone in automotive the opportunity to get a state of the union, look around the country, see what's going on in real time so we can band together and get through this, not only for the people that are in the industry, but also for the sake of the economy. Automotive, largest retail industry in the country, a lot of people depending on us to do well. So I wanted to make a LinkedIn live event where we can all get together. Hopefully there's 20,000 people there that we can understand what's going on, get better, band together. So Automotive State of the Union, Wednesday, April 1st on LinkedIn Live. Aside from that, I hope you have a great week. Thank you for listening. For the time being, I'm here at my house and you're at your house, and uh, but we're connected because of technology. It's a beautiful thing. Have a great week. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah.